All right. So Hello, dark, uh, darkness. The lexicon is fully plugged in. Boom. Ah, uh, yeah. In your Starbucky hand, you have a piece of paper. Kind of. There it is. I forget. Sometimes I forget we're on video, and so I, yeah. I mean, I have to actually show I, that this we're. This is like the fifth time I've had to say. You know, you're know. waving to people. You're. <laughs> there's a video. There's a video. All right. But yeah. the first thing I have to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. maybe people are getting tired of this cross cross cast chatter but don't care i love the breakdown of your uh jamie vance Rosborough imitation that they did on co dude loved it that was so good i laughed harder at them talking nailed about it. period it, it period <laughs> i mean gosh it was good um it was good that was good the imitation of himself was good i mean it was like a uh thing within a thing right a wheel yeah, within yeah. a wheel or kind whatever. of meta yeah it's meta yeah. that's what i was looking for yeah. this meta yeah. it's awesome uh kitty has uh said you know one of these days we got to get uh fake roseboro to right. call into right. real roseboro so it may happen i don't know we'll see if, uh, if mama says it's okay jvr and foviar you foviar 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 <laughs> and yet another nickname for darkest of all yeah, helmets because foviar I don't, I don't have enough so, uh, hello, Darkness Bottle friend. I've come to podcast here again. It's really good. Here we are in the Yurko. Uh, I guess because the screen I'm looking at shows the uh, Yurko uh, reporters the, are behind you. Yeah. You look like you're in a law office. I am. Um, which is great. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. If there's, there's some law some right shelf, behind you. Shelf if book you ever me. wanted to pull a shelf book off and uh, check some law. There's some law right there. Just uh, <clears throat> this is uh, oh, this makes perfect sense. Yes. I'm glad I grabbed this one. This is SE 2D. It is 2D. So, actually, SE second. Oh, so that's what I meant to say. Right. Look at the well, there's a writing on the spine of that thing. Not the spine. The uh, the, the no, turn it one more turn. Actually, the other way. Sorry. There you go. Oh, some writing there. I don't know what you call that. The uh, it's like a stamp here. Yeah. So Charles it? M. Welling's book. What that tells you is Put it that back even before. Yurko had it. <laughs> Yurko stole these from somebody else. But those, do you see those pieces of paper in there? Those are his notes. These are Yur Yurko notes. Yeah, Yurk notes. Because <laughs> he actually yeah. used those things. Yeah, you know, because we don't do that anymore. We uh, it's all uh, it's electronic. All, no, it's all computer assisted uh, research now. Passenger on motorcycle operated by defendant brought suit for injuries sustained when motorcycle ran into curb and threw plaintiff to the pavement. Mm. After verdict was returned for defendant. Counsel for plaintiff moved for mistrial based on information that some jurors had been seen looking at a drawing that the court had refused to receive into evidence during the trial. <gasps> Crazy. Until next time. Crazy. You know, there's a uh, law office in town um, that has all of them. All, all of what? The, every, that, every statute? No, this is just North Carolina's uh, appellate decisions, but has the, all of North Carolina's appellate decisions going back to book one. So I was tapping oh my in there one day and I was bored and I pulled off, I was in the mediation, I pulled off the oldest one I looked at it. Uh -huh. And uh, the very first case, this is kind of shameful actually, but it's interesting in a way. The very first case was about a slave. Really? And it was about... Um, no, this is like 18 something. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah I mean, it's like old, old. Early 19th yeah. century, right? Yeah. Uh, the very first case, case was a um, about a slave and about a um, someone who had converted the slave. In other words, they took the slave mm -hmm. and 
used them mm-hmm. for labor and then were, was sued by the other by the slave owner returned the slave and the question for, for the court was whether or not the owner or the person who had used the slave improperly had to also pay back whatever the slave had earned like his, his late oh, words yeah yeah right yeah, I gave you a slave back, right. but now do I have to give you what the slave did for me as well in monetary terms? That's the first case. <laughs> That's how bad that is. How far we've come. How far we've come. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, some of those is old it, uh, it feels obligatory to have these books or some books that look like these in an office of law somewhere. You actually, I will say this, you have the least number of books of any lawyer's office I've ever been to. And it's completely random based on the fact that uh, my associate, whose F3 name is Howler Monkey, yep. or the Forsyth County Howler Monkey, who's yes. called, or the Monkey. His full, his full name. He happened to uh, be around. Yeah. You would have- It's a twisted story. He's a pack rat. And he, when Yurko left him wherever Yurko in his office, uh, nobody wanted him. And uh, the Howler Monkey- Monkey was like, I'll take him. He's still in law school when he grabbed him. Kept yeah. it in boxes in his house someplace. And then one day he's like, man, we could put these books on the shelf. And I said, where'd you get them? And he goes, have you heard of Yurko? And I was like, yeah, really. <laughs> Who hasn't heard of Yurko? Anyway, that's where they came from. But uh, I know. So that's what I'm saying. So you wouldn't, it's not like you went and got these. You would have them. I wouldn't buy. Uh, and these are for show. I mean, yeah, I, that's I what I'm saying. Like that, but, uh, and then and most offices are for show. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just funny how. But they, it, but they, it seems like they look, the they look lawyerly. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They look lawyerly. Yeah. That's what you picture a lawyer doing is looking at those books. Looking, yeah. 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 Steaming over like a few good men, you know, piles of paper and, and yeah, right. things. And, and that's the way it was done. I mean, back that, in the that, day. Was, that was the way it was done. Yeah. Right. Back in the day. Um, sure. Just like an old movie director had a microphone. He's like, gotcha, <laughs> they don't do that so much anymore. But, uh, <laughs> saying, you know, it's, it's, we've moved on. <laughs> but uh, I think we keep them around as a uh, kind of a tip of hat to the past. Sure. And a way to... Um, like you might have a if you were a a, a had a giant five million acre uh, sorghum farm in Iowa somewhere you might have an old harrow uh-huh. on the wall of your office. Sure, not that you would use it, right? Because we don't you don't harrow a, you don't put you don't put a harrow on the back of a horse anymore to plow. I don't so think I've never farmed. I'm to just be saying, fair, usually in the civilized world, no. it harkens back to an earlier day and kind of keeps us in contact yeah. with the long. Yeah. Slow march to the law. So these started, are, these as are I said, Harold books. Harold books. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I like what you work, yeah. what you work on. Yeah. So it's a, it's a way to reflect the tradition of the law, which is you know, at one point in time, if you think about it, it's like they said they didn't even they didn't write down the law. Obviously. Oh yeah, sure. You know, the, the, yeah. The, you know, a court would make a decision, and so so be it. Make it. You know, so so be it. Yeah. Or whatever they said. And they would proclaim it to the people. And and somebody then... was like, maybe we should write that down for the next guy. And they wrote it down, yeah. and it was. Uh, now you got you know hundreds of these things, thousands, whatever across the country. Yeah. 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 yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. And on that wacky note, let's roll the opening. Should we? And, and we're, we're back. back. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz. Known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. And I'll be joined every week by some of the greatest leaders I can find in F3 and beyond. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach virtuous leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. 
Okay, you got a uh, question. We did get a question. And uh, again, not and hearkening back to an earlier day, you put that question on a, uh, on a dead tree. On a dead tree. A slice of a, a dead slice, tree. A thin slice of dead tree. Right. This comes from uh, the former, now former, Nantan of Keizu, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, the place they said it, uh, that was one of our right. fake names. Right. right, yeah. It's like right. Fort Chiswell. It oh. was it was the Fort Chiswells of, of its day. day. Yeah, right. yeah. So Iverson wrote, and he actually asked me the question, but I thought it'd be interesting to bring up. All right, uh, I don't want to steal your question and just direct it towards you. Well, but I'm. Uh, is it a hair hair care question or it a, is. okay? It is. Then this I, is uh, listening to a podcast. I have no <laughs> no thing to say. Yeah, you've you got to get the great clips. You haven't been down there. Well, uh, the reason why is because I had this alopecia condition. Oh yeah, in the That's back, right in the back, yeah. in the back so, and uh, I don't. Know, can you see this? I mean, can I get? Can I get my head? Sure. No, uh, you can't see it now. Doesn't look like anything. Uh, yeah, but I mean, for you know, a, a long time I had these blocks. Of, yeah, just just gone. So I don't know. Yeah. Can't see the back of my head, dark. So anyway, I guess it's time for a haircut. No, I don't know. It looks fine to me. What do I know? Nothing. He says. Uh, he was listening to a podcast reminded him when we talked about the team meetings with my wife and my family. Yep. And he said, what are some of the questions you ask and the routine that we have for that? Cause he thought he might want to implement that uh, in his home. And so I thought in case it might be helpful to anybody else who, uh, who listens to the podcast, I would just sort of give a quick, uh, here's what we do kind of a thing. You don't need my permission. Well, there you go. I'm just making sure. Um, so Iverson, uh, the the way that we do it is we have a night a week that is set aside for family things anyway, and uh, for us that's Monday night, and we hold that as kind of almost like a sacred evening. Um, where, you said Monday. Mm -hmm. Yep, Monday. Good night's good night for him. Yeah, I mean, there's typically there's not a whole lot going on. Sure, um, kind of kicks your week off. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes you move that because kids have something going on or something like that. But generally speaking, we do a Monday night and, uh, we have a very structured kind of formula for it. Um, because we, we've been doing this so long now, you know, since the 16 year old is with a little teeny kid, we've been doing it. Um, and so we added more jobs, you know, <laughs> right. okay, this one does this, you know, sure. and, you know, that one does that like during the, the and now that they're getting older, their jobs are being more, are more complex. Yeah. And they have, you know different responsibilities sure. it used to be clean the counter now it's like uh, uh fill out my taxes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Sure. 16 year old's getting really good at it too sure. by the way yeah she's yeah she should she should be getting her cpa she, she missed a couple of deductions and i i uh, was gonna let this go to monday but i'm gonna talk about it on thursday <laughs> sorry so, look i'm calling an emergency family home meeting. mortgage deduction right yeah no uh but jobs within the within this structured so we yeah. we, we used it as an instructional time good so we would uh, read scripture together or we would find uh other good books you know that we would uh um you know just read from or whatever and kind of give a lesson right so you know within that kids would give like an opening prayer you know to kind of kick the meeting off and you know all those different kinds of things so we have this little chart that rotates you know and uh and and now obviously like you said you know the the, the tasks are a little different than they sure. were when they were babies of course um but uh you know you always get kind of um a situation and and because we're you know, we're doing that on a, a regular basis. It, when we, you know, we were following the three P's before we knew that there were three P's, right? So right. we were always proximate to one another. 
uh, we were periodic and we had some sort of purpose. It's funny when you're saying it, I was thinking that was going off in my head. I was like, wow, that's triple P. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's so funny. And I didn't even think about it until just now. I was like, Oh, of course we're following through these. And the end, I didn't actually make that up. I was just observed it. Okay. In my mind, you made it up with your three people. I just wore, I just forced it into it. I know the, th- the three letters. Is, we've yeah. been over. The fruit is in the bowl. Thank you. The oh yeah, we did bowl. that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I keep so it's all good. You, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. So, so, so because we follow those three Ps, um, then we don't have to have like a special meeting. We don't have to have a special thing where it's like, oh crap, we better get everybody together and try and figure out some right. time where we can talk about X, Y, or Z. We're talking about it literally all the time. Right. And so when you said team meeting here, uh, Iverson, and you're saying, you know. Um, the things that you talk about, what your routine is. The routine is we do it once a week. We stick with it. Um, for us, it's a, it's a time of instruction. So we give some, you know, again, we, you know, whether that was some sort of gospel lesson uh, or life lesson. Um, and it, it was everything from, I mean, that's, uh, we answered birds and bees questions sometimes when that time, you know, came and whatever. Uh, not ones that we were like, we think you should know this, but more like, uh, we heard this at school, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And so you're like, oh, I guess I have to tell you what that means now. Fact um, check wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honey, here's some fake news. Um, when two potatoes. Anyway, so uh, so that's uh, I guess that's kind of the high level. Uh, I mean, everybody likes to have dinner together. I mean, I think that's sort of a, a an American you know thing, right? You try and have dinner together with your families, and we all recognize that that's an important thing to do, and we do that as well. But this is something that is again separate from that. Follows the three Ps, and it just has that that cadence to it, and. It, it, it is made, and I know uh, Dred's made fun of me, and and Slaughter's made. Fun, I mean, everybody makes fun because it is kind of funny when you say it out loud. But this, the the boards around the house, and the you know, and being able to to write some ideas or write some some thoughts or you know whatever that the kids have done, and and thank you notes and all those different kinds of things. It, it makes it, it just feels like everything in the family becomes intentional after a while. I think that was um, admirable, you know, teasing from us. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, I yeah, I was, I, yeah, I didn't feel like it was. No, I think it's a yeah. uh, probably we wish we had, <laughs> but, and, and, uh, I would love to say that this is something that I came up with, you know, just like you said, I didn't come up with the three P's. I didn't come up with this. You know, this is something that, uh, was suggested way back, uh, in our faith. You know, I was like, yeah, you know what you ought to do is you ought to have one night a week that you kind of dedicate and set apart. And we were like, okay, we can do that. And, uh, we just started doing it and that's, and so it's evolved over time. But, and now when there's, there are difficult things to discuss, you know, we have a we have a forum for that. We have a place for that, mm-hmm. and the kids expect it, and they know what's coming, and and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, not to get too far off in the weeds, uh, that has nothing to do with today's uh, topic. But it was it was a question he asked, and and uh, so I thought, you know, why not? We'll we'll answer uh, we'll answer that question. Fair, fair, good answer. Enjoyed it. Um, wish I'd heard that fifteen years ago, but uh, <laughs> if I wouldn't could have, up time, it wouldn't have worked in my house. Um, but I think it's a great <laughs> We live a very different life. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just, it's, it's personalities. My wife yeah. is very mercurial. Yes. And uh, she, that probably, it, it's, um, would not have been something that she would just, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, is you probably didn't do that, but you do things oh, we've like spent, that. We spent a lot of time together. What I mean is, yeah. it would you know be I mean? something, it would be akin to me because I do everything at the same time, every way to, I've, I've, yes. all, I've just yeah. like system that I've, I'm adhered to because I believe it, it liberates me. It works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it liberates me and uh, she just doesn't have the it's same just, yeah. <laughs> system at all. And uh, yeah, no, 
there's there's only been a few things that uh, that I've been able to because uh, I I have tried to adopt much of this system uh, lifestyle as well because I have noticed and felt the liberation as well. Yeah, uh, and I have not. This in a jock. It's a American Jocko. Yes. Is that, are we saying American Jocko now, or what are we saying? I don't Just know. Jocko. I, so, okay, American Jocko's. Yeah, we'll say regular. Uh, he says regular. Regular Jocko. Regular, regular Jocko. Regular Jocko even has a book called Discipline. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which I have not uh, quite read or read at all, but I mean, I think I understand the basic premise. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. you, it's counterintuitive. You're like, well, I want to be free to do whatever I want. You don't do anything, you know, only if you discipline yourself and, yeah, and then, focus, then you... focus your energy. You know, uh, are you able to actually accomplish anything within the law firm? My law firm, I call that litigation energy. Like you only have so much litigation energy. Yeah. And if you dissipate it on things that are off the critical path of litigation, things that don't, lead to resolution through preparation for trial, then you're not going to be as effective. And, uh, you know, initially you're like, I want to have all these genius ideas and chase all these rabbits. And I'm like, what happened? Uh, forgot to uh, get my trial exhibits together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? some, there's some lockstep stuff that you have yeah. to go through if you want to, uh, if you want to be able to then, you know, use your imagination. I, I believe that to be true. I, I'm guessing that's what regular Jocko is. I would, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that tracks, and I was going to say it kind of makes I mean, you, you know, you said for trial and for, you know, for litigation, things right. like that, but really that's, that's what we're shooting for all the way across the board, you know, pretty much as we're, we're kind of saying, I, Hey, look, I'm, I want to get stuff done. I'm thinking there's probably some commonalities to most pursuits, particularly uh, ones that are, um, that's right. I would put this don't have a process to them. That's more or less set out. So in other words, there's probably a way to make aspirin. Mm -hmm. right in an aspirin factory of some kind right i would think and there's not, probably very little ways to uh, to vary from how that aspirin is processed yeah, yeah. 85 to 90 percent of it is the same no the matter same. where you maybe go. even more yeah. than that and, you know yeah, you yeah. could bring in somebody off the street with a very less insignificant amount of training right integrate them into that process yeah well, yeah. then there's some pursuits most of them are service oriented like practice of law or like you know what you do yeah uh that Oh, let me see the process. Well, it's very hard to define. <laughs> it's just more yeah. dynamic and it's, there's a lot of inputs to it and training someone how to do it is a lot more intensive and takes a lot more time. Right. Yeah. So that in those, but within that realm, I think there's a lot of commonality. So I think yeah. probably commonality in training someone to be a lawyer, training someone to be a, um, an accountant, Sure. You know, like a CPA, sure. maybe a psychiatrist kind of thing, you know, things yeah. where you can't, you know, yeah, yeah. where, right. you know, the, where the input is dynamic, right. where the result will end up being dynamic. I mean, right. you know, we, I got a buddy who's an orthopedic surgeon and he's like, I was like, man, how do you figure out? He's like, what's, he's like, hip bones connected to leg bone, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're not psychiatrists. <laughs> That's right. This, this is, we're putting cars back together. Yeah. It's, it's not, pretty, he's, yeah. he's funny. It's very much like that. That is know? interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought of it that right. way. But uh, you're right. If there's not some sort of, I mean, even in the in, in, you know my former life in the in the video world, like, I mean, the there it was kind of a hybrid almost because there's certain aspects that are you have to do these things, right. but every job really at the end of the day is custom because every story is different and every person is different, you know, and all the different pieces and the stuff. And that's a great way to put it. And I think that's exactly the way people in like this, let's say high skill, high contact kind of world. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're in your profession, what you do is a high level of skill takes a long time to learn it. And there's high contact with the recipient of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Like a psychiatrist. Yes, yes. Right. 
Um, or an attorney or a, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, some kinds of attorneys. So, okay, fair. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it exists in all professions. So like, uh, let's say you're a residential closing attorney. Uh, they have forms and a process. And right. They only, that's true. they very briefly see the buyer. Yeah. That's hip bone, leg bone. Yeah. To some degree, not yeah. to insult anybody out there who does that, you know, uh, but it's, it's much more of a, a process kind of thing. I know residential closing attorneys that have one attorney, maybe five paralegals, and they you know process these right, documents right. and all that. That's kind of a different thing. Very uh, like a relatively lower level of of say um, discretion well, amongst yeah. the practitioner. It's highly regulated, and it's, yeah, yeah, and then a less less contact with the uh, recipient of the of the of the skill sure. or the of the recipient of the mm-hmm, product mm-hmm. or the service. And in that case, it's a different way to. So you'd have a far different approach to how you would want to bring people on and move them along. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Right. And it's like, you could say, you could take a four boxer, you know, almost, you know, and say skill or skill slash discretion that's mm-hmm. on the high side. And then also it would be lower skill and lower discretion on mm-hmm. one on the vertical axis on the horizontal axis. You could say, you know, low contact, with mm-hmm. low contact with, uh, recipient and high mm-hmm. contact. So uh, low skill, low contact in the medical profession, aspirin factory. Right. 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 Yeah. High skill, high contact. Uh, yeah. uh, Neurosurgeon. Psych- yeah. No, actually. Oh, you're saying I see. Psychiatrist. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Now, because that would be high more... skill, low contact neurosurgeon. neurosurgeon. Yeah. You know, he comes in yeah. five minutes. He's like, they can be, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Or, ah, you know, so this, never... this brain has two hemispheres, yeah, right? Okay. Right. I, I recognize right. these. I can then, uh, boy, I'm going to just offend a heck of a lot of people and just say it. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say I'm going to avoid it. Fair. Picture your own medical, because I don't yeah, know, whatever medical world yeah. that's relatively low skill and uh, but but high. And when you say skill high, high too, contact. what are you saying, Paxters? Too don't don't get twisted up because he's not saying you know like uh, I'm really talking about more about discretion. Yeah, it's it has it has more to do with the number of how long it takes you to learn the yeah right yeah. How yeah, long it takes. Is there a good, solid lockdown process that can be followed That's every right. single time That's right. again and again and again That's or right. not? That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I find that in the high skill, high contact quadrant, the best way to train people is just tell them stories. Yeah. You know, there I was, right? Right. I shouldn't have done it. Well, because then they can kind of put in their own pieces and go, uh, well, they become a series of kind of interchangeable heuristics, right? You're like, mm-hmm. okay, when this happens, that's the way that guy handled it. How can I, you know, but you have to take those stories and kind of conform them to the situation that you're in, but you can mm-hmm. hearken back and hopefully they're sticky. So, right. you know, if right. you attach them to like a, a premise, you know, an acute source, I think is written. Oh yeah. Somewhat very much. Degree, yeah. You know, very like, much so if you say, you know, candor is important, right? And you say, why? See what he did there? Yeah. So you state kind of a premise, right? Right. You know, candor, uh, graciously telling the hard truth and demanding to hear it from others, right? Yeah. And why candor is important in leadership. And then, you know, you can tell a story about candor where somebody was honest or you were honest or you, you know, actually the best stories are failure stories, what I call parables of failure. Yeah. So like in my law firm, you know, Maybe, I, maybe you could share one. I tell a parable <laughs> of failure. Yeah. I say, here's, here's a situation that I, you know, I, I messed up for lack of knowing better. Uh-huh. And I tell that story uh, to illustrate how to handle it. I've, I've also often find when a young lawyer comes to me and asks me a question, how to do something, instead of actually saying, here's how you do this specific thing, I tell a broader parable of failure. <laughs> that yeah, around, pers- around the principle. Around the principle yeah. of it, right? Yeah. And I think in high skill, high contact jobs, that's pretty important. 
you know, what do I do if the client does this? Like that doesn't come up that often, yeah, but that kind of thing yeah. does. Yeah, this right? grouping of right. those kinds of things. Right, yeah. that's right. So um, that's, and I cannot even remember how we got off on this tangent. Well, uh, we started talking about, uh, it doesn't matter because we're now going to talk about candor. Now we're going to talk about candor. Yeah, All right. because that's a, that is a, that is one that is not super repeatable. I guess in a way it kind of is like, cause you're going to, well, tell the truth is repeatable, but the, the input's going to be very sure. variable from, you know, what, what is the situation right. that requires you to give the candor? Right. Yeah. right. So, so you're uh, gonna, it's a skill you're going to have to develop is the point. That's right. And it is the first of the virtues actually. Yeah. Not the skills. Well, I, you know, it's a fair point. So right. the, the value, the ethic of candor right. is what we're talking about, right. but delivering that hard truth is, is a skill. Very good. I yeah. agree. Uh, a skill of, of communication, yeah. right? Yeah. How you do it. So yeah. the, the, the adverb we used to cat to catch all that, to catch all is graciously. Yes. And we worked on that trying to figure out how do we put this right? You know, graciously. So to, he says, we, he means he, well, no, I don't know. It's, it's impossible. Okay, fair, fair, fair. It's impossible for me to do that yeah. by myself. And I didn't, fair. I was just the guy who wrote it down. So, uh, you know, to do something, grace obviously is self-defining, right? Grace, I think we define in the lexicon, if I recall, is everything a man should yearn to be or something like that. I can't remember exactly what we call, what we, I mean, I'm fairly certain. Know, that does sound, I'm fairly certain right. we define grace, the word grace. And the reason we did it is because it's used in so many different contexts, you know, the word grace, the word grace itself, yeah. you know, uh, you can think of graceful as being like a swan, you know, right. or a ballet, ballet dancer, dancer sure. right. It's usually what jumps to mind. You think of grace as something you say before you eat, right. Mm -hmm. Say the grace, you know, you can think of grace as almost like gratitude. You think grace is an attitude that sure. you, that you display in well, the, the face of adversity. Sort of in the, in, in the, uh, I guess, sort of uh, religious-ish yeah. you know, realm. There's, there's a whole different well, view there. Well, certainly in Christianity, the idea of grace, you know, being un, un, unearned merit, yep. right? And on all the things a man should be. All things that a man is, should be. So yeah, I got close to it. Yeah. All things a man should be. So we try to come up with a definition of grace that would be applicable of all the things a man should be. Like you should, I think I threw the word yearn in there, but it's implied who we should try to be. Yeah. Right? What we're shooting for. Here. Right. So when you graciously tell the hard truth, right? So take a hard truth. Take, take a truth. Uh, sir, your plane is on time, right? That's a truth. Yes. Easy okay. truth. Easy truth. Right? <laughs> and easy truths don't require much candor because you want to tell them or you don't care. Right. Sir, I have to inform you that um, the plane that your, your family was on has crashed and we don't have any news yet about um, yeah. any particular individual or survivors, but I wanted you to know as soon as I knew. It's a hard truth. Now, graciously telling that hard truth, um, and that'd be a horribly hard truth to tell, yeah. um, is not much fun at all, but it is at the heart of candor. Yeah. It's, it's a mark of leadership to be willing to tell your followers hard truths. Uh, as a lawyer, I often have to tell my clients hard truths when there's an adverse outcome sure. on a pending matter, pending motion, whatever. And yeah, the case did not go our doesn't way. Doesn't go our way or yeah. there were hopes they were hopeful that a adverse party was going to accept a settlement proposal and the adverse party does not. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to tell them that uh, that's something that 
A, lawyers don't want to do because it's hard to do. Nobody wants to tell no. hard truths. Uh, we call it bad news, but I, I really think hard truths is a better way to look at it, right? Well, as we have said many times on this uh, podcast before, events are neutral. Right. So a hard truth is just is what just, it is. That's what it is. That's, and then if you ascribe bad or good or whatever, that's, that's a different story. That's a different but, story. Yeah. Uh, but telling it, yeah. disclosing it quickly, yeah. right? The longer it sits, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and doing it in the way, graciously meaning doing it in the manner in which you should aspire to do it. Yeah. And, you know, that's not a really... On the one level, that's not really a helpful definition because it doesn't provide you much, but I think most people would understand what I'm getting at, right? I, I think so. Right. It's, yeah, I it, think so. Just, it, but I was going to say, everybody can agree. If, if we say the word graciously, even if there's a little bit of an abstraction there, right. you know, with what that may or may not mean to, right. you know, in lexicon terms or whatever, like you kind of know it's not me going, you know, coming up and going like, hey, Dave, uh, family's dead. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, um, right. thanks. Right. Everybody's, yeah. Everybody who's expecting their family walk through the door in the next 10 seconds, yeah. step forward, where are you going? Sorry to disappoint right. you, but not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, so that's doing that in a way um, when you know, and you know, the hard part, hard part of hard truth is you know you're inflicting pain. Yeah. You're yeah, inflicting this is pain. An uncomfortable threat right. that's about to happen. Kind of like when the, the dentist, you know, <laughs> takes the drill and, you know, he's, he's inflicting pain for your ultimate benefit and you have to fight through that reticence that's normal amongst non-sociopathic human beings to not want to hurt <laughs> up, right? I mean, it's, yeah. no, no, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to, I, I want to, yeah. I want to avoid pain. I assume you want to avoid pain. Uh, it's part of the social compact that we'll try right, to avoid we'll... inflicting pain on one another. And yet here I have to tell you something that I know is going to hurt. Yeah. You know, um, and when you say it's going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you, that's not true. Right. It's going to hurt, no, you, it's gonna hurt you a lot more than it's going to, but it's going to, what yeah. you're really saying is it's hard for me to tell you this, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm going to but tell you to anyway, told. because as we like to say in F3, it's a strange kind of love that leaves a man in a lie. Yeah. Right. It's a strange kind of love. That's, that's the heart of goo nation, you know, goo being yes. the, uh, <clears throat> goo being the philosophy of universal happiness that everybody's right. going to be happy. Yeah. Right, and that you deserve it, and that that's you, right. Yeah, or to give them a a false reason for their uh, circumstance. You know, they find themselves in an unwanted circumstance, whether it's poverty or whatever it is, and you tell them, "Well, it's not your fault, or right. it's the fault of another." Right. You know, and 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 you're a victim. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a the hallmark of goo, and I think it's done damage in the country. I think it does damage in any uh, community organization or team to provide uh, excuses or scapegoats for someone who's in an unwanted circumstance. Um, that's another way to avoid uh, telling a hard truth. Mm -hmm. um, to tell a hard truth, you have to be, you have to have gotten right. You have to be living right. You know, that's why it builds on it, right? Cause, yeah, because you can't, uh, well, it takes discipline. <clears throat> it takes discipline to tell it, but also I can't, I'm not going to listen to it from somebody who clearly ain't living it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. And then you're kind of switching like, well, how is the person receiving yeah. it? But I think the person telling it, like all things disciplined, uh, that take discipline, discipline is kind of a, uh, a global, a holistic thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, that's when we, you know, we're, we were talking about the king, queen, and jester, all these things go together. Gee whiz, a 
stopped working out and then I started eating really badly. And everything <laughs> I knew I was, you know, fighting with my wife and it's all, you know, we all yeah. flux together. Yeah. Right. And I, part of that is you're less willing to tell these hard truths to the people that need to hear it, you know, and you're less willing to tell hard truths to men who you think would justifiably or not look back at you and say, you are, are a hypocrite or you yourself do not reflect the virtues that you're trying to tell uh, me on yes. that meeting, you know? Yeah. Um, not to offend the Democrats out there, but that's what I call Fat Ted for Ted Kennedy. Well, it has nothing to do with his party affiliation. He no, it's not that. I mean, after he, yeah. after he committed vol, you know, vehicular manslaughter uh, in what, 1969, whatever it is, he tracked way to the left and started telling people things he thought they wanted to hear. That's my spin on it. Yeah. And because he didn't have the, because his lack of moral courage in that one particular moment left him in his own mind, again, my theory, uh, incapable of, of speaking virtue yeah. and hard truth. Yeah. I mean, and, and so when I see somebody who's allowed himself to sink away, including myself in the mirror, you know, who's allowed himself to decelerate, who becomes incapable of telling hard truths and starts leaving other men in a lie. That strange kind of love in, in my mind is called a fat Ted. That's what I yeah. think about. I mean, that might be in a lexicon. Maybe. It is. Fat, it is. Fat Ted is in there. Because, yep. and I'll say that, and I say this, I know we're going to take some criticism because I know we have, we've grown and there's uh, men from different parts of the political spectrum. I'm perfectly willing to replace that with a fat Chris Christie, if it makes anybody sure. happy. Sure. <laughs> you know, that was just at a time. You pick. Yeah, you pick. Yeah, it's it not does, the point. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, part, that's what I was saying. Party affiliation is sure is irrelevant it, it, on this. It's one. irrelevant. It it is, is, the point of it is, issue. is if you you know, you're not living right, yeah. you haven't gotten right, or you were right and you got unright, but you you know, it's going to make you into somebody who will not practice candor. It's all connected. It's all builds on itself. So this idea of gracelessly telling a hard truth rests on a foundation and a premise that you yourself are living right yeah. and, you, and you've gotten right. Now, the other half of that, the other half of that equation is demanding to hear it from others. So it's one thing. That, to be, yeah, that's you know, the really hard yeah, part. Yeah, I'm a truth machine, you know, I'm yeah. a truth bazooka. You know, uh -huh. I'm a candor bazooka. You and hear I like that it. all right. the time. And, guys. you know, and uh, I just call it like it is. Dread. Like, calling it like it is means also hearing it like it is. And, no, I don't like that. No, I don't like that. Right. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, darkness. You don't like it. Nobody likes it. And, uh, but that really is the mark of the leader. You know, if you, how do you know, I'll tell you a couple of ways you can self-evaluate on whether or not you're doing the second part of this, whether or not you're also graciously receiving mm -hmm. hard truth. Are you the kind of guy that tells your subordinates, I have an open door policy coming in time. Tell me what you think I need to hear. Cause if you are, you're subtly transmitting them that you actually don't want to hear it. Yeah. The door is open for you to walk in and tell me hard things. That's so I'm not going to go out and find like, them though. You are the leader. Yeah. It's your yeah. job to graciously tell hard truths. You have to demand that your subordinates tell you, see, that's the difference, yeah. right? It's, it's not a two way street. You, you, because well, but but I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> that's the that's the typical line too, right? Is I I wouldn't ask my people to do anything. I wouldn't do myself. Sure, sure. And and man, yeah, that could be true, but except that it's not. But it could be if, true. But, but what you're saying, what you're saying is, if you're acting that way, you're not doing it. Well, you. The thing is, as the leader, you have the power. Right. You you see, so you have the responsibility to tell the hard truth, but you also hold power. So someone who comes to you to tell you a subordinate to tell you a hard truth, 
is forced to take the risk that you take it poorly and punish them. Yeah. So you're not going to get punished as the leader for telling a subordinate the hard truth. It, you've got to deal with their disappointment or their sorrow or whatever. Yeah. Know, but, yeah. but that's not the same as being punished. They don't have the power or the wherewithal to kill the messenger. You do. Yeah. That's why the open door policy is a myth. It's a, it's a, it's a rainbow crap and unicorn. It doesn't really exist. You know, and if you're saying it just that, sounds good, it just sounds good. It's, it's like saying my wife's my best friend. It just sounds good. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a fat head actually. You know? <laughs> yeah, in it's its own just, way. Yeah. Right? It's in its own yeah. way. What you have to do is you have to demand that others tell you. And that means you have to go where they are and say, tell me about that. You have to ask them the questions. You may have to ask them more than once. I may have to ask them more than once. You have to look at them. Not, I'm not talking about, and I've been this guy as well. I've been, everything I'm saying, I've been this guy. Yeah. You know, so oh, that's I know. how I know. I mean, the better nature of my angels is taken over sometimes and sometimes not. But a profoundly insecure leader is the kind of guy who's like, oh, let me ask you from hard truth. Tell me how great I am. All right. Am I doing everything great? You know, that's not what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. right? No. Because you ask it that way, you know, you're not going to get the answer that you want. You have to ask the questions and continue to probe to make sure that your subordinates are telling you the hard truth. And then the most important part, the key and critical element about it, whether they'll continue to do so is if you accept it with equanimity, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to so you, you graciously it. told it. Now you've got to- Did you graciously accept it? If, if you say to a subordinate, you ask them a hard question, it's have to cause them to criticize you and tell you something that for that, that they view as a hard truth. I don't care how much it hurts or how much you disagree in a moment, cannot act offensively. You have to nod your head and say, all right, let me think about that. You because, just got to do it that well, way. Well, and I would say, because the thing is, even if it's, you know, you can argue the, the truthfulness, right? How right. much fact is really baked in there. The point is, is, that's the way they see it. And so it's true in the sense that whatever you've done, they perceive right. whatever it is you did that way. Right. And so you have to take it as the fact that they're telling what they believe to be the truth. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the way yeah. it has like to you be. You don't have to agree. Right. In other words, that's you right. You have to go, oh, I, I didn't do that. Right. And, it, and, it, and, and, you know, you can then go take that truth, hashtag small truth, team. whatever. Small team. Right. Take it, go, you know, ruminate on it and come back later and decide for yourself whether or not it, you know, I mean, but you have, you have to, you have to give the person, uh, the subordinate who yeah. provides you with that hard truth with the, with a response that's, either neutral to good yeah i mean it's either got to be no, i think you're right it's either got to be okay thanks for telling me or bam that you're right on man yeah like, you know well and the thing is if you don't agree neutral is okay it's okay and i also think it's okay to go back and think about it and then come back to right. them and say hey I, I want you to know i thought about what you said right and here's why i don't agree right you know or, or tell me more or, yeah or, yeah exactly right. right whatever it might be whatever it is right you know and here here's here's another thing there's a lot of people that are naturally rebellious against authority uh, you know, what, who has two thumbs and is naturally bellows against authority? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's going to be guys that because you're the boss are going to throw darts at you. Yeah. And when they do, you got to still, anytime somebody gets, anytime I got one of those, you know, wild donkeys of a guy, you know, working for me or whatever, in whatever configuration, and he gives me, gives me hell. I'm like, I just have to laugh because I'm like, that's exactly what I deserve. Right. Because <laughs> of all the bosses I had who I, who I made it hard on, you know, uh, as I was maturing as a leader, you know, so on two parts of that is like, on the one hand, I'm like, I deserve it. Number two or three parts. Number two, I say, I am uniquely situated. 
yeah. to deal with that because having been, having that, been guy, that guy. Yeah. And then number three, I can see his potential if I can do what other men did for me, yeah. which was to, to, to not just fight with me or use it against me, but right. to, to show me to how to moderate, to teach you to use to your teach powers, me to for use my power. For good, right? <laughs> that's good. You like that? Right. So, you know, that's, that's another part of it is like when I was 26 and, and virtually unmanageable sometimes, <laughs> you know, I didn't know when I was 56, I look back. Okay. I'll just tell you, this is funny because it yeah, dovetails yeah. right in. I almost want to just read it. Do uh, it. So, you know, we were talking about Cindy last week and yes. his bad looking ways and all that stuff. So he listens to this damn thing and he texts me. It just cracks me up. Um, <laughs> so he texts me. Best five minutes of 43 feet ever. Episode 108. I, of course, turned it off after you stopped talking about me. That's funny. <laughs> Okay. Quit making excuses and start coming to the hard workouts again. Hotbox is making you soft. That's candor. Uh, All right. That's Cindy. Okay. Right. Then I, so I, I responded, wait, I don't remember talking about you, which is not true. I do. Right. Why would I do that? Just because Doa thinks you love him? What is love anyway? <laughs> uh-huh. his, his response. Besides a ratings boost, you talk about me because you are more like me than not. Get your head right and get back out. Starting at Sparta. Love, Cindy. Isn't that funny? But he's right about that. Uh, Cindy, if you're listening, go screw yourself. But <laughs> you're, uh, you're right about that. I mean, you know, um, you know, by nature, I'm a bat flipper. I'm, yeah. I'm iconoclastic. I'm, you know, uh, obstreperous. I'm like, you know, prove it to me. You know, mm-hmm. I won't follow. Yeah, I'm all those things, right? Yeah. And, you know, but I've matured, uh, I hope. And uh, God has found a way to use those things for his purposes because it, you know, I'm still a knucklehead, but I'm still willing to surrender, you know, knucklehead for Jesus, whatever, you know, yeah, I was, yeah. surrendered that part of it sufficiently that I could be of use to him. I hope that's my hope. Right. And, uh, you know, so something like that, uh, not only amuses me, but I kind of reinforces my thinking is that's the way it's supposed to work. You know, we're all made differently. Um, there are some guys that are hot time are you know, some guys who are bat flippy and some other yeah. guys are, are not, they're looking for direction and want to be direct. It, it wouldn't work if we are all, you know, uh, jumbo white, perfect sized eggs, right? We're mixed eggs. We, <laughs> you know, we're mixed eggs and we're a carton of mixed eggs. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, that's what makes us freaking powerful as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the immunity. What are the, uh, the old, uh, the royal families of Europe, particularly in the Aust- Austro-Hungarian Empire, intermarried so much that they were all a bunch of hemophiliacs oh. with these weird-looking jaws, you know, and uh, they were weak. Yeah. Um, they were physically weak. They were emotionally weak. They were all inbred, you know, and that, that's what happens without candor. I mean, I believe that candor draws men to a leader. I the agree. fact that he's willing to, to a stand up and say what he really believes, you know, uh, what he really believes uh-huh. and it, it, and then be responsive to another man saying what he really believes, whether, whether they agree or not. Right. And yep. then taking that and 
using it to strengthen the entire group. Mm-hmm. Use it. I mean, to me, that's a durable group where, where the leaders can be criticized even publicly. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll take it another step. Invite it. Get out of your office. Invite it. Get out of your office. Go out there and invite it. Yeah. And I mean, I've been in many, many different groups, military, non-military, whatever. Many law firms, you know, many non, you know, uh, profit makes whatever. And I, and I, anytime that leader has that comp confidence and is dedicated and committed to candor, sees that as a virtue and practices the gracious telling of hard truths coupled with the demand that it's to, to be told himself. Mm-hmm. Those groups are far more effective and far more durable. Um, left it out because I got sidetracked. I said the first thing, if you're looking in the mirror trying to decide if you're the kind of boss whose subordinates see him is willing to graciously receive the hard truth, first thing you ask yourself is, um, am I an open door policy guy? Because if you are, that you're lying to yourself. Right. Second thing is, when do your people tell you bad news? You know, when you come in and you're all, you know, everything's up, you know, hey, hey it's great. What's going on? Hey, boss, can I get with you real quick? And then boom, they tell you five bad things. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what that means? They're afraid to tell you hard things that they think you don't want to hear, except when you're in a good mood. They're waiting for you yeah. Yeah. because they know that when you're not in a good mood, you're going to kill the messenger. Yeah, it ain't going to go well. Right. I mean, that, you know, this goes to consistency, mm-hmm. right? And contentment, which is, you know, coming in a couple of weeks. But if, if you tend to get the bad news from your peeps in bundles, when everybody's and you're happy and all that stuff. Yeah, Friday afternoon when everything's going yeah, great. Whatever. You know, you're walking out the door. Hey, it's great weekend. Everybody have a great weekend. Hey boss, real quick before you go, you know, last Tuesday, just, <laughs> okay, you're like, and you're like, oh, that's good, man. I'm out of here. Right. If that's, if that's what's happening, then your people don't see you that way. They yeah. see, they see you as an inconsistent uh, leader who is very likely to take out bad news on them rather than reinforcing their attempts to practice initiative. That's the way they see you. So that's a good, that's a kind of a good mirror test to see if you're going to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I, sorry, I went over there. Man. No, no, not at all. Uh, I tried hard to keep it in. Um, God, you know, one of the many um, COT uh, things, I just like, I like the way that uh, they do that. If nobody told you, love you, I love you. <laughs> Darkest. Yeah. Yeah. You got a face ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight, short-sighted, narrow-minded hypocrites. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about F3, leadership, or anything else, write to us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Tweet us at at 43feetpodcast or find us on Facebook at 43feet. While you're there, give us a follow. Also, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, rate us, and write a review. It really does help others find us. Until next time, we'll be out here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front. (laughs) 